0: At the St. Charles Area Chamber of Commerce, we are here for our members. We understand that every member is different and it isn't always feasible for them to come to us. And that's when we bring the chamber to them with the help of our sponsor, State Street Jewelers. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the stories, wisdom, and advice from our members as we get up close and memorable.
1: Well, Colin Smith, thank you for being here. Uh, Thank you for the time. Welcome. We're uh, we're here at your restaurant, Balmoral Restaurant, in uh, beautiful uh, Campton Hills. So let's start kind of at the beginning. How did you end up here in uh, in Campton Hills and, uh, and and open Balmoral?
0: Oh, we need to go way back, many many years now. Since I'm a senior citizen now, <laughs> congratulations. So I was brought up in a orphanage in Scotland, Stevenson, in the Ayrshire coast. When I became 15, I had to leave there. But I had to have someone look after me until I was 18. So three Italians, Tony, Paul and Aldo, run a high-end hotel. So I started working with them. And they were my parents for the next three years. So I started off as a dishwasher. Then bit by bit, I learned how to be a chef. Then I learned how to be a, a waiter. And that was me for the rest of my life involved in restaurants hotels bars pubs so that's where i got the bug
1: so you were kind of hooked from the start basically. oh
0: yeah loved it yeah. loved the atmosphere i mean e- even in scotland people would tell me about places in america and i'd heard the story so often I say oh yeah that's the one with the dance floor the the, the swim pool underneath and they're like oh you've been that's no i'm only 16 i not get that sort of money. Uh, so it was always amazing. And dealing with wealthy people all the time was always like a, a new experience. Always good fun. Some days it was just outside in the garden pushing a swing for a little girl for the whole day. And I get paid. <laughs> Not bad. And it was like about amazing food. You know, you said you, you were born and raised in Scotland,
1: but uh, when you turned fifteen it was three Italian people. You know, how did you learn to cook from them?
0: Uh, Well, I never learned to cook from them. They were the owners. I learned to cook from the chef. So next to the dishwashing section, there was a vegetable section. And I used to, waiting for dishes coming in, I'd ask the vegetable chef, why are you putting them into cold water? You've just boiled the water and cooked them. Now you're putting them into cold water. And he would tell me all the reasons uh, how the vegetables were cooked and what was the best way. And one day he was off work and sick for a week. And the the head chef says, have you really been watching what was going on? I was, yeah, I think so. So I now became a chef and never washed dishes ever again, I think. (laughs)
1: It's probably a a nice upgrade. Yes, it was. And Balmoral, obviously, you know, it's not your first business. You you started a restaurant in, in Scotland after, after those experiences. Right? I
0: had 11 restaurants and three hotels in the UK over a 30-year period. Not all at the same time. Uh, maybe one or two at the same time, but mainly buy one, build it up, move on, and each year get a better quality business from it. Uh, mainly down in England, Uh, Southampton, Brighton, Bournemouth, Chertsey, Surrey, Sussex, Essex. Oh, my God, I was all over the place. But beautiful, beautiful restaurants, 600, 500-year-old restaurants, hotels like 800 years old. Uh, A great experience, Uh, not so much for my children because they never saw me. Because I, I asked, does anybody want the restaurant after me? And they all went, no. <laughs> really? I was like, why? Because it's a good business. Because, Dad, you worked so many hours for so long. We never saw you. <laughs> so, none of them are in the restaurant world. Yeah, they decided to go another direction.
1: Yeah. Um, well, can you tell us about, like, um your first restaurant then? I mean, obviously going from a dishwasher to the chef and all that, that's a big leap to opening your own
0: restaurant, right? Yep. So that took me until I was almost 21. I, I picked six horses and they all won. And that gave me like 3000 pounds, which yeah. today's maybe 20, 30,000 pounds. So I bought my first little lease of a, a bar. Uh, in in London, just outside London, West Hampstead, and I leased it for four years. And when I went in, there was not very busy. There was a lot of men in the bar, but they were drinking one pint, and they would drink that one pint for maybe two, three hours. Oh, wow. and I was like, oh my god, I'm never going to make any money here. So what I done? I bought six huge speakers, put them up in the the walls and turned the volume up. So the old people, which is funny now that I look after old people, the old people moved out and never came back, but all the young people moved in and started frequenting the bar. So the sales went from 2000 a week to 10000 a week. Wow. So it was a good choice.
1: Yeah, young people probably drink a little bit faster and a little bit more than older folks. So. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but that kind of shows there's, there's a lot of strategy and a lot of... Outside-the-box
0: thinking in the yeah. restaurant
1: business, right? Oh, you
0: have to. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we have got some of the craziest promotions, uh, the marketing team, well-being. Uh, at the moment, we're running one. We do it every, every year. Uh, it's uh, gift cards. So if you buy a $10,000 gift card, you only have to pay 6000 Wow. Okay. If you buy a $1,000 gift card, you only pay 750 So these are massive savings. Obviously, starting from 100 going up to 10000 the percentages are higher. But for people who are having Christmas parties, et cetera, buy the $10,000 one because it's only costing you six. But you've yeah. got $10,000 worth of food and drink. It's a great one. Yeah. So you've had people buy the $10,000? Oh, yeah. Yeah. A lot of businesses are doing that, yeah. you know, especially my lawyers. <laughs> Buggers. Yeah, you can count on them to, to yeah, save a buck here Yeah, they're, they're saving money. Um, can you
1: tell me about your first uh, hotel then, experience? And Because, and, again, going from, from a restaurant to a hotel, that's got to be a whole big jump, too.
0: Well, the, they weren't huge hotels, 20, 30 bedrooms. It was near, the first hotel was near Stansted Airport, which is just outside London. And it was uh, the bar... And the restaurant was looked after okay, but the bedrooms were a little bit old and tired. And, but because we're near the airport, we started promoting ourselves to the airport. We're only 15 minutes from the airport. We're cheap as chips, like £20, £30 pounds a night, whereas everybody else was 70 to 80 Then we, we gradually started building up a clientele where the airlines would use us for their staff. Okay. So all the air hostesses would come in, they would u- utilise the rooms. Then bit by bit, we renovated them. Then within maybe a year and a half, we were £70, £80 pounds a night. There you go. Just, you go. just uh, supply and demand. And uh, and hotels are very interesting. They are super, super profitable. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you, may, you may 80% at least profit wow. from a, a bedroom. Yeah. Because all you need to do is, once you've done the initial expense, you just need to clean the sheets, the towels tied it up another 80 pounds just maintenance yeah yeah
1: yeah when well, you said you had a bar and a restaurant attached yeah
0: so the the bar I, I remember one of the House of Lords ladies come in it's a Saturday night she's booked uh, the room uh, very late so she's not happy with this room whatsoever because like I say it is an old hotel but she's used to five-star hotels anyway I've told her that's the last room. You can either stay here or you can drive another 100 miles, but I'm sure everybody's booked by now. So anyway, she humped and moaned and went up to her room with her husband. Then they come down for dinner. Then at the end of the night, she called me over, and she goes, "I, the room is okay, but the atmosphere in this bar is the best I've ever seen in my life. Really? And it was your food quality, the service and the standards, she was a wee bit drunk by then. <laughs> uh, anyway, I thanked her very much because we used to get lots of compliments away back then. Then the next morning on the BBC, she's the woman at their interview. Really? And I'm like, oh my gosh, she wore that dress last night. <laughs> so uh, I can't even remember her name. But that, that that was, it was all about atmosphere. And I remember I took my wife back to that hotel, mm-hmm. maybe six years later and it was absolutely dead and my little assistant manager was still there she goes ever since you left it slowly just died because you were the person that brought the atmosphere you Mm -hmm. you made us feel excited about coming to work Mm -hmm. because I was excited to come to work because I needed to make money
1: Nothing, nothing, nothing better of a motivator than uh, needed to make some cash and pay yeah. the bills. So, well, looking around at, at Balmoral here, I mean, I've only been here a couple of minutes, but the atmosphere, it's just overflowing with atmosphere. And how do you get inspired by that? How do you, how do you start even looking at, at designing
0: the atmosphere of a place? Do you know, I think it starts like it's actually like Balmoral. We hire first for personality, okay. then we teach them what they need to do. Because in my 50 odd years in this business I've never managed to teach someone a personality <laughs> they've either got it or they've not mm-hmm. and, and that's what I look for first what's your personality my, my manager says I'm not very good at inter- uh, interviewing people because don't interview them check their personality, ask what they like to do what do they do for fun, how do they treat other people you know what, what makes them tick don't ask them about what experience you've got, it doesn't matter if you were interviewing doctors, yes, you would ask a lot of what experience do you have. Yeah. Not about his personality. But when you're dealing with the general public, it's your atmosphere. And people really remember you. Somebody says, oh, they're all... I remember somebody saying, these customers that come in, they're always complaining. Why are they always complaining, Colin? I was, well, do you think they've really got to jump into their car, drive 30 minutes, 40 minutes to come to your restaurant, have your food, and go, you know what, we're going to complain about this restaurant tonight. No, they're not. They jumped in their car, they drove the 30 miles, they had your food, something was wrong. They had an experience in their mind, and you didn't make it happen for them, so they complained. It's not their fault, it's your fault. And once I explained that to him, his business started to grow, because they started to realise when people make an effort to come to your business, look after them because they've got an amazing amount of choices to go elsewhere. So that's all it is.
1: Yeah. Well, and, and like you said, yeah, they're investing their time and their money and, yeah. and their expectations. So. And they don't go out there to complain. Right, right. They were coming for an enjoyable evening. Right, yeah. That's fine. that's fine. I'm just picturing somebody getting in their car. You know what? Let's go out, honey. Let's go complain tonight.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's what I tried to explain to them. Well,
1: getting back to the timeline a little bit, so you were obviously hugely successful in the UK um, with you know, hotels, bars, restaurants, high praise um, from there. So how did you end up coming to the US?
0: Well, this American woman used to stay at one of my hotels. Okay. And over like a year and a bit, we got to know each other quite well. We started dating. We would always dine in the hotel and then one night I said to her, you know, I know other restaurants. We don't need to eat here all the time. <laughs> and that was the start of our relationship, which we dated for another year and a half. America to the UK, backwards and forwards. Then it was one day I looked at my phone bill, and it was, wow, that is like £1,200. Oh, my God. Go check your phone bill. She goes, oh, my God, mine's is like $3,000. <laughs> I was, one of us needs to move. And she had two children, so she couldn't leave the state of Illinois. I had one boy with me, so I could leave. So we packed up our bags, sold everything, and came to America. Just like that? Just like that. It wasn't that easy. You had to get green cards and lawyers and blah, blah, blah. Right. It was It's a slow process. Probably took about a year. So she was from Illinois? She was from St. Charles, we got divorced 12 years later. That was a bummer. So for about one year, I hummed and had what we got to do now. And I thought, you know what? I'll open up a restaurant because I know how to do that. Sure. Because I worked with my ex-wife's business. So I thought, you know what? I'll open up a restaurant and see if I could have been successful in America like the UK. Would they like the food, etc. So... I started looking around St. Charles, Geneva, Bactavia, Elgin. I was looking for, I had the restaurant in my mind, but I didn't see the building yet. So there was, I think, six places up for sale. I went and looked at them, looked at their kitchen, looked at their revenue, looked at their online reviews, and I didn't want to start at the beginning. Okay. So remember the 11 restaurants and pubs that I had 9 of them were backdropped 2 years after I left them and this is the reason why because they tried to change the atmosphere and the image and the name and the food quality straight away once you start doing that people don't come back
1: yeah they know what to expect coming in and then once you start messing with it or it's yeah. it's no good
0: so that's what happened in, when I was looking for my restaurant I didn't want to follow someone else. Uh, I didn't see anybody else successful enough for me even to buy into their business. So I started looking around for another building that had never been a restaurant. So in my mind is, okay, if we do this right, no customers, no reviews, no standards. Start from scratch. Doesn't matter where we are, people will find us. So Campton Hills, what I love about here, nice little village. It's only three miles from St Charles city centre, six miles from Geneva, seven miles from Bactavia. So we're still in the catchment area. But what I loved about this is the 400 cars that can park here. Oh, wow. Okay. And uh, no reputation. And the first year we opened, we started winning awards maybe 20-plus awards for the food, the decor, the romance. It was just like... And ever since that, we've been voted the best restaurant in King County for five years. Wow.
1: Well, congratulations on that. Thank you. It's very impressive. Um, And if somebody's never been here before, Balmoral's a Scottish restaurant, you said you had that idea right from the start. Correct. Can you tell me a little bit about your thought process behind that?
0: Well... Think how many Italian restaurants you know, how many Mexican restaurants you know, how many burger restaurants. I I didn't want to do anything like that. I wanted to try and keep it as original as possible, as if you were dining in Scotland. So you won't see hamburgers or burgers on our menu. You won't see chicken wings or pizza. You won't see any of the traditional American food. Uh, It'll just be Scottish food. Done to a high standard. So rabbit, pigeon, pheasant, venison, wild boar, salmon, trout. uh, The list goes on. Wow.
1: What is your favorite dish here at Balmoral?
0: (laughs) It's not on the menu. Oh,
1: (laughs) secret menu. No,
0: it's mince and tatties. I can't put mince and tatties on the menu. Uh, My second one would probably be the manor house duck. Okay. Outstanding for flavor.
1: Let's say somebody's never had Scottish food before. Maybe the only thing they've heard of is haggis or something, and they're reticent to try. What would you recommend as a first dish to kind of dip your
0: toes into the culinary world of Scotland? Same thing I say all the time. Try something you've never tasted before. There's at least 20 items on the Scottish menu. Uh, No other restaurant serves because they're very difficult to prepare and cook. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nine chefs in there, six or seven of them on duty at any one time at the weekend. So, and everyone's made f- fresh, or soups, or sauces, we don't buy in packets or anything, we don't buy in ready-made food, it's all from scratch. Mm-hmm.
1: That's cool. And that's, I mean, that's probably only one part of the unique kind of experience you offer here, right? What, what else kind of that's unique to Balmoral? Uh, is, is that you have on offer here?
0: Well, you've got over 150 whiskeys to choose from, ranging from $10 to $400. And believe me, some people buy the $400 shots because they understand that this is a very rare whiskey that you'll probably never, ever touch again. Uh, uh, all your plates are Royal Albert, Fine China, Gold Plated, cutlery, crystal glasses, nice decor inside, very comfortable staff are just like out the world. Yeah. All, all been hired for their personality. And I love when I read the reviews where the customer says, you know, you can tell this restaurant is well run because the staff work together. Mm-hmm. And, and they give examples of how they've been waiting for a dish and another member of staff's run in and got it for them. You know, it's teamwork.
1: Yeah. Well, and we, you talked about hiring for personality, and, um, you know, that's one of the things that makes your team so special. Is there anything else you kind of look for when you hire somebody or when your team hires people that makes, makes the team special?
0: The leaders. There's three leaders. There's the bar manager who leads the bar. There's the restaurant manager who leads the restaurant, and the executive chef who runs and they're the only three people that I really communicate with mm-hmm. because their role is to pass the information down. Mine's is to watch to see that the information's got to the bottom person, i.e. the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Hey, what are we doing this week? And if he doesn't know, somebody's not passing the information down. So it's all about communication. Okay.
1: Yeah, if the person at the bottom isn't getting it, then there's a breakdown somewhere. That yeah. And your job is to figure out where that is. So. Who's not talking? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about what's the secret to keeping your team at its best and keeping people working at the restaurant?
0: Loads of money. <laughs> like it. Good answer. Do, do you know, over 50% of Bill Morrow's income goes to staff. Oh, wow. And that's what my accountant says as well. Wow. <laughs> why do you pay so much? And yeah. goes, you know what? I don't want to work anymore. And if I have to come to work, I need to let one of them managers go because I would fill their role. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to come. And I earn enough money to have a good lifestyle, but I want them to also come to work 100% focused, not worrying about bills or how they're going to survive or where their next meal's coming from. I want to pay them a real good salary where they don't need to worry about these things. And I've still got over 70% of the original staff. Wow, from five years ago. Yeah.
1: Because, I mean, I, I don't, you don't need me to tell you the restaurant business is competitive and people will jump from one place to another. And No,
0: I don't have that problem.
1: <laughs> I would hope. I, I imagine you probably have a wait list of people who want to work we're, here.
0: Yeah. But we're, we're, it's, you would think it's easy to find someone, but it's very difficult to find the right personality mm-hmm. that fits in with not just you, But your team, if you've got a a person who's aggressive and the rest of your staff aren't aggressive, they're more team players, that aggressive person can break the whole team up. And we've had people, I've had to let people go because they're just too aggressive with the customer and with the the staff. They're, They're trying to change something that doesn't need changed. And that's what you need to look out for. You're looking for someone that wants to blend in and feel like they've been there five years Mm -hmm. you don't want somebody coming in trying to upset the apple cart as you say makes sense yeah
1: um well going back to the unique dining experience um and what you offer here the traditional kind of scottage sorry scottish um experience um you have an afternoon tea and a sunday roast can you tell us about those and and why they're important to you
0: Sunday roast, oh my God. Everybody <laughs> needs to eat a Sunday roast. It's like your meat and six or seven vegetables, potatoes, Yorkshire pudding, gravy. Everywhere in the UK, every Sunday, 80% of all the food served on a Sunday is a roast dinner. Okay. So I, I, I we're gaining momentum. It's not 100% yet, but uh, it's a fantastic meal. Then afternoon teas, There, there's some people... Call it high tea, but high tea is completely different from afternoon tea. So, afternoon tea is little savory bites, little savory sandwiches, and, and sweet cakes and biscuits, scones with cream and jam and tea, different types of Scottish tea. So, that's more in between dinner and lunch. Okay. High tea. Is exactly the same as afternoon tea, but with a a full meal attached to it. Gotcha. And that was for the workers coming home at night. They didn't get their afternoon tea, so the farmer's wife or the housewife would make an afternoon tea plus their main dinner. So that's high tea.
1: Gotcha. And you offer the afternoon tea experience here.
0: Yes. You don't need to drive drive into Chicago because we have tested all the Chicago restaurants and. Our still outperforms and still gets talked about when we mention X amount of hotels in Chicago. They're more expensive than us. You have to drive for at least an hour and a half. You have to pay 50 to $70 just to park. Then you need to drive all the way back. Just come here. It's a lot easier to come here. Easier to yeah. come here. And it's done properly.
1: What time is, I mean, obviously, if it's done properly, there's a set time for for afternoon tea, right? Between
0: 2 and 4 p.m., Monday to Thursday only. Okay. And you need to book because the chefs, we're here like 9 o'clock in the morning. The chef is preparing the afternoon teas for today.
1: Oh, wow. So it's done every single day. Every
0: single day. Yeah. That's why we need 24 hours notice Mm -hmm. to make sure that the chef knows how many people are coming. So what he has to cook for the day. Part of doing it the right yeah. way. And that's it why it's like it's 16 different items on your plate. So it is a lot of food. A lot of people take it home.
1: <laughs> well, and I'm, I'm sure it's all got to be delectable. So. Yeah. Let's talk about your other um, kind of experience, Seniors Day. Can you tell me what the story is behind, what? well, let's back up what Seniors Day is and then kind of where that came from.
0: Right. So Seniors Day... We're, this is our sixth year. Yeah, it must be our sixth year because we're five years open. So every year we've been feeding our senior citizens in the local community a three-course meal from the menu, completely free of charge to them. Wow. So last year we've done 500 over two days. This year we're going to push the boat out and we're going to do 1,000 senior citizens over four days. That's impressive. It's fun. I can't tell you how much fun it is because they have no filter, so they they <laughs> oh, just man. like... They will say whatever they want to say and you just look at them and smile and go, oh, my God, <laughs> too much information. I need to walk <laughs> away. But it also gets them out and about, you know, to leave their homes, to meet their friends that they don't get to see that often. It is really a special day for them. Mm-hmm. And the 500 people... They were all booked up within an hour and a half of us opening up the phone lines. Wow. So, and there were still hundreds and hundreds trying later and later each day. Mm-hmm. So, that's why we're going to do it over four days this time. Mm-hmm. And uh, hopefully it should go well. Yeah, I imagine it would.
1: Um, is that so that senior citizens unlike their families or just senior citizens? And or? their families. Okay.
0: Yeah. They might want to bring their wife or their brother, and they might not all be senior citizens. So, it's a good family day out. Mm-hmm. And when, it, when during the year is that? Ninth, 9 ten, eleventh 11th of January this year or next year? Okay, so it's always so, at the beginning of the year. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And so, where? What? What's the
1: story behind that? Where did? Where did that? Where did you get inspired to do that?
0: Well, when I was in the orphanage, the people who brought clothes and food were the senior citizens. So I always remember that, and oh, my God, they would take you home to their house and feed you amazing food. I, I was like, oh, my God, this is the life. Mm-hmm. Then you go back to the orphanage, and go, oh, <laughs> I'm stuck here. Yeah,
1: going from one end of the spectrum to yeah. the
0: other, really. But I always remembered how kind they were. And, and they would bring in little boxes of sweeties mm-hmm. or candies, you call them over here, and, and just they, they, they were the kindest people I'd ever met. And as I came to America, uh, I started, as I built built Bill I started to remember all these things that happened to me in my past. Mm -hmm. And uh, it says, okay, we're going to start doing that for the seniors here. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, and I imagine. I would
0: love to do it for many other categories, but you need to pick one.
1: Yeah, well, and I imagine that they're probably so appreciative, and they have – Except uh, in addition to the wild things they say, they probably have nothing but amazing things to say and yeah. compliments, you know, not only for the food, but the service. And,
0: and this is a day that they dress up. They oh, really? They get their suits on, their nice hats. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's a day out for them that makes memories. And it was especially uh, important after COVID because mm-hmm. we, we were closed for mm, almost nine months. Mm-hmm. And a lot of our customers are over 50. Yeah, okay. you we're know, we're not a young person's pub. We're not a trendy pub. We've not got TVs everywhere and all that. We 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 keep it like a restaurant. Uh, so that's when we done it after COVID. The the people were just so happy to get out of their house again, then to find out all their foods free was just a blessing for them. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's cool. I don't I don't think enough people do that.
0: No, they don't. They don't.
1: So that's uh, well. I have to imagine you're you're very proud of of being able to offer that service Um, outside of the restaurant industry. Maybe let's talk about you as personally. What are you most proud of?
0: Oh me, I I I am now in my forever home. Nice. I bought a hundred and twenty five year old house, less than a mile from the restaurant. Spent a year and a bit renovating it, and. I think I've completed everything I wanted now. I just need to wait for it to take shape. I've got 30 plus chickens, 10 ducks, two large dogs, and 150 racing pigeons. Wow. Okay. And six gardens.
1: Wow. So that's, I mean, you really love the
0: outdoor space. Oh my God. Love it. (laughs) Love it. And it's not in a homeowner's association, which is the icing on the cake. <laughs> you know,
1: well, then, yeah, that explains the ducks and the chickens and yeah. the pigeons and everything. So. I,
0: I leave my garbage cans out on the driveway all the time. <laughs> Nobody tells me off. Nobody can tell you now. Yeah. Yeah. But, yes, it's a, a nice old house that, where the railway used to come through this area. Mm-hmm. That's where the railway workers stayed. So oh, It was wow. like a little B&B. Yeah. Uh, weird shaped rooms, but it's home.
1: Yeah. Uh, can I ask when, when the house was built?
0: 1896. So it's still a
1: baby house by European standards. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. a practically new yeah. construction. Yeah. It's like a new one. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so, uh, you know, you've done, you've done a lot of things in your life. You've accomplished a lot. Um, what legacy do you hope to leave behind?
0: You know, that's a hard one. I would imagine if someone was describing me, they would say I'm happy, cheerful, always ready to tell a joke, always ready to lift someone up. Uh, Just explain, this is how you have fun in life. There's no time for being down. And I'm very careful of what I say to other people because I've seen the power of words hurt people when you don't really mean to hurt them. So I'm very careful that I don't bring someone down. I try and make their day a little bit better, compliment them, make them smile, make them laugh. Uh, and And I think that's me. Maybe people come to the restaurant 50 years from now and it's still standing and still... Scottish, it's not been bought over by a chain or mm-hmm. it, it's still the original.
1: Well, hopefully, these
0: Union Jack chairs oh, are yeah. still
1: here because these are super cool. So, I know that the Scots are a proud people, correct? What does it mean to you to be, to be Scottish, and what does it mean to you to be Scottish in the US?
0: Oh my god! So, a mathematician came to me about six months after I opened and says that this. Restaurants has got to be amazing. How do you know that? One third of all Americans can trace their history back to Scotland, England, Ireland, or Wales. So you've got over 100 million potential customers that will come here.
1: Huh. It's more out of the and box. And I thought
0: yeah. about that and it goes, God, he's right. Because, and a lot of people do come who have never been to Scotland to check where their heritage is, you know, me and you, twenty three, and all that. People are looking back to see where they came from, and um, the the amount of customers that come in here and say, "My great granddad's Scottish, my granny Scottish, Irish," you know, it's good.
1: Well, I think that uh, that's probably a good spot to end on. So, Colin Smith, thank you so much for taking some time to to talk to us and. Uh, we wish you the best of luck with Balmoral and we can't wait to try some Scottish
0: fare. So, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Up Close and Memorable. Special thanks to Camel Creative as well as both in pictures for making these possible. For more information about the St. Charles Area Chamber of Commerce or to become a member, visit stcharleschamber.com.